Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and the sober curious. Hi and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Um, and this episode is episode 79. Um, and it's just Mandy and I again. We're having a chat. We've got that. And now I've got um, like Mick Hucknell <laughs> suddenly <laughs> ran through my head with that money's too tight to mention. <laughs> and it's like I always say there's nothing quite as scary as Mick Hucknell. Sorry, Mick. Um <laughs> And now I've really got it stuck in my head. <laughs> Apart from Michael Flatley, he's quite scary too. But um, but you know we've got enough stress, so I need to stop thinking about those things. <laughs> the most um, random entry into this topic possible. It's funny that we're going to talk about mental health as well during lockdown continued, um, because you know, yeah, yeah, again, I'm a bit hysterical, but you know what's new, dude? What's new? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. So how, we'll start with our check-in and then dive into our subject, which is we've been really thinking about money and we've had quite a few conversations about it. It's come up in terms of Love Sober as, you know, in terms of how we work together. Obviously, it's incredibly at the forefront of people's minds at the moment, what with the lockdown and us you know, the financial impact that, that things are having. So we were just going to have a kind of chat, really, and sort of shed a bit of light into that dark little space, you know, because um, it's better out than in kind of thing. But um, so, Mandy, how are you doing today? Um, yeah, I'm better than yesterday. Uh, oh. Yeah, yesterday, well, if people follow me on Instagram, they'll know. But yesterday, I, I was kind of like, you know when your kind of medicine is kind of going down it's like right I really should phone the doctor but then I was like I actually made a conscious decision I was like I'm not going to phone the doctor because you know COVID he's really busy like um, I can always get some sort of my prescription from the pharmacy so you know I was kind of chilled about it and then this week I was like right okay I'm going to call him like phoning 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 for Monday like four times a day just ringing out it's just like this is really weird um so I called a friend and she, and I and no I text a friend and I was like what's going on with the doctor and she was like oh didn't you know sort of like oh, you know that scream face oh, he's um he's yeah. moved he's shut the he's shut the surgery and he's moved an hour away uh he didn't really tell anyone it's really random he just he just upped and left like a month ago he told all the patients that had sort of um had I was going to say rendezvous had um, <laughs> appointments that month um and I was just and it just absolutely floored me I was just yeah. completely broken I just I felt abandoned I felt like I'd been dumped I felt like rejected I felt upset scared worried like you know I don't see him that often he's not been the best doctor you know he's he's questioned my weight a few times like you know it's not a perfect relationship but at the end of the day like you know I've been sort of on a mental health alcohol journey for seven years you know we've moved I've had a fair few doctors like I'm done with telling my story to someone else and mm. building that trust and you know sort of talking through my my medication talking through my you know my insomnia my 
like migraines we'd finally found some medicine that was working with my migraines like all that stuff and again for my kids and it's just like and now I now I've got like a month to find a new doctor it's just like it's it sucks (laughs) it really does because it's that thing it's like you know when we talk about the a team you Mm. know and it's like well your doctor is part of that a team isn't it and you know that whole well, we were talking about it and I'm doing um, a counselling certificate at the moment. And interestingly, last week it was looking at the ways that you should end a caring relationship mm. and the the protocols around it and the reasons why. And it was because of what you just basically said yesterday. It's like, you know, you've got to honour the relationship and end it properly and in an in an empowered and supported way. Yeah, it's if it's a helping relationship. Yeah, it's really, really bad. And you know, and I'm, mm. I mean, I'm strong in my sobriety, thank goodness. And you know, I've got really good support system around me. But like that could have thrown me off completely. Yeah. And um, mm. and and the kind of it opened up a conversation actually about how often this happens. You know, and I mean, I had a therapist that the same that like again it wasn't the best relationship but I was kind of sticking with it because mm. I didn't want to have to like tell my story all over again um and you know and then one day I phoned for an appointment and he'd left and I actually think he'd left for malpractice so it's a good thing but still it's like no one called me do you know what I mean like it was me mm. searching out for information and yeah, again this came cool. this kind of this goes into this conversation we've been having a lot about women's place in society and feeling disempowered about money which is what we're going to talk about in a moment but you know Mm. we sustain relationships you know I was talking to our friend Vanda you know about this in the mental health kind of conversation and we sustain relationships with therapists and things like that even though some of their behavior is not okay because it's better Mm. than nothing you know like Mm. it's not okay for my doctor to say to me oh you look like you've put on weight you know that's not that's not like that that is abusing a position of power to talk to someone and and, you know I'm not obese like do you know what I mean this is a purely like aesthetic thing like oh I've noticed you've put on a bit of weight like Mm. like fuck off yeah I don't think you get away with that in England it might be a French thing yeah well quite possibly and I think you probably wouldn't yeah and these are one of these things that is you know People often talk about, wow, you know, French women are so glamorous and French women are, you know, are look so good. Like there are huge, huge problems with anorexia and bulimia in France, like massive, you know, so there yeah. is a, a lot of controlled eating going on. There is a way too much focus on, you know, mm. women's appearances and men's appearances, you know, so that like there's always a story behind these things that we think look really, you know, yeah like it's always a dark underbelly to it yeah I mean I worked in a when I was working in a um you know very elite business school very kind of high level um Mm. and you know and very rich kids again this is into our kind of conversation into our conversation um but the the amount of you know I had to sort of undo some of my learning about wealth because a lot of those girls were you know had eating disorders 
and yeah. and and had huge sort of problems with stress management and because they're high yeah. achievers and there was huge problems with with uh, suicide again because yeah so anyway well, again, it's <laughs> back into what we were talking about and link with with kind of happiness levels and links yeah. with gdp and where it's becoming a kind of more nuanced conversation isn't it so yeah. um where should we start, dude? Yeah. Well, how are you? Let's let's start there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm. All... <laughs> Whenever we start this, the episode always starts with me going. Um, <laughs> dear, I'm all right. I I haven't slept very well because of the full. I think because of the full moon. Yeah. And and I have been a bit anxious this week. Like I've definitely had that kind of breathing at the top of my chest, sort of scattered thoughts and anxiety um so I did do some yoga yesterday and that did help um you know it is that like I've got to get up and do put my yoga practice in um and also I was sort of very hormonal and I've done my back <laughs> yeah so I feel like I'm a bit like I feel a bit boo I feel like I'm kind of like this bag of bones that I'm kind of dragging around with me feeling a bit achy mm. um and then I go back to lovely Bryony from Bee Yoga. You know, it's that reminder that, well, how is your energy today? Mm. You know, it's a constant. It doesn't mean that I am a bag of bones. You know, I might be like punching the ceiling tomorrow. Yeah. Punching the ceiling. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. But, you know, I might be like doing peas on the trampoline tomorrow and be like, come on. Watch the pelvic floor, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know i've forgotten all of this oh, boo, oh, poor me but you know that's what it's like isn't it yeah. and it's like wow oh my know, goodness it's, it's like yesterday was ridiculous it was like i woke up <laughs> and i wrote this really like empowering piece about you know how like about being which again this is part of our conversation about being you know a, a working mother and you know and what that means and and having mm. a career and 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 all that thing of like of of trying to work out work-life balance as a mum and I was like yeah, yeah boo, boo, boo. and then like had the doctor thing which was like oh, oh, god and then we got the CIC like come through <laughs> yeah. I was like woohoo just like oh my god so no wonder yeah. I'm exhausted by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, that was, a proper, that was a proper kind of Tigger kind of day, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, space yeah. hopper, that's what Lee says, isn't it? It's like life's yeah. like a space hopper, like jumping up and down. Yeah. So, definitely. yeah, finances, money, being a woman, big topic. Um, yeah. I guess if I start with what I have understood recently um about my own kind of journey with money I suppose um starts with the fact that I was a poor kid and mm. you were a poor kid right so yeah. we both grew up my dad was unemployed when I was young um we had a happy home but we were the kind of jumble jumble sale kids you know we were the yeah. kind of like um yeah secondhand clothes um my mum was amazing kind of cook like about kind of she used to make bread she used to make kind of yeah all sorts of food but we had like no money and we were kind of like those kind of sort of yeah sort of bits dirty bit kind of scruffy kids you know smelly kids yeah 
Mm. And actually, I remember a friend of mine because we had this conversation when my daughter was a, a baby. Um, we had this conversation about cleanliness with my with my baby. Yeah. So Paul's mm. my husband's dad said like, oh, you know, you should you should clean because there's this whole aesthetic in France that kids look like perfect, you know, catalog yeah, kids. Yeah. Sure. And he was like, you should clean your child up, you know, and, and my husband didn't speak to him for six months. And then I was just like, oh, my God, like that really kind of triggered me. And then a friend of mine said, well, that you don't want your kids to be the smelly kids like you were, Mandy. So there is like there was a whole thing there. <laughs> That was really harsh. <laughs> you know, when you're like, you get that story when you go back through time and then you go, and I've just got this false belief because it's just not true. And yeah. It's like, actually, you were the smelly kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, that's completely off topic. But um, no, it's me. I don't, I don't know why I just told that story. <laughs> but, but. I think like we've been trying to investigate as you know love sober moving forward what we want mission statement right like what 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 we're about how to price how to like engage with the people that need our services blah 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 and when you need to do all that you need to unpick your relationship with money and what yeah, we've discovered is our both of us our relationship it with money is very complicated um and you know part of that comes from um you know what you understand as wealth and what you understand as poverty and you know what you don't want to be your shame like it's huge mm. so I've just outed some now I'm having a vulnerability hangover live oh, should I tell you about mine then? <laughs> yes no, please I'll share my vulnerabilities so you know, I grew up in Portsmouth in the, you know, in the 80s, 70s and 80s. And it was it was a pretty bleak place. Um, and I so my mum divorced my dad, uh, who is, um, you know, properly, as you would know it, classically understood alcoholic um, at the age when I was seven. And and it was literally the first year, 1976, that women could leave their husbands with property and their children. So she, for us, like she moonlighted in a pub and in a factory and divorced my dad, who I know she still loved. And it was just really, really difficult. And my mum, like, bless her, I look back at photos now, she looked like a skeleton, mm. you know, I know she had insomnia. I know she was struggling with medication, sleeping tablets. She smoked. She'd be the first one to go. I smoked like, you know, like 40 a day. And she'd be like, now she's, um, bless her, she's 80. She's 80 this year. Wow. And she and she looks amazing as well. She looks decades younger. And she'd be like, oh, I could still murder a fag. You know, she just got that, that kind of humour and fight and life about her. Mm. And... But, you know, it was like it was incredibly tough. And we were the family. I said I remembered this this photo of us at Ports at South Sea Fair. And it was literally, you know, like we were the smelly ones. Mm. And um, yeah, and just and I remember one of my I can remember those shame moments coming from my two doors down was my friend Charmaine and her, they had like crazy paving 
they had duvets before when duvets were new. Oh, yeah. I always wanted a duvet. duvet. I always wanted a duvet. And her mum used to teach us tap dancing in their converted shed. And we had this little dance troupe that used to go around to all the old people's homes and do community projects. It was amazing. Um, you know, for like about 3p, we do we put on this dance shows. And there was a girl there called Joanne Taylor who made my life a misery. And her mum did all the all the costumes and she just wouldn't speak to me. And my kind of shame, because they kind of had a nice car and they were not divorced and they were all, you know, and she had this group. She used to collect these, kind of get the kids around her, the other girls, and just leave me out. And, um, you know, I still, I still carry that today. And it's definitely linked to those feelings of shame and being the poor one. You mm. know? Yeah. So, and And then yeah. what weirdly happens with this it's like where you'd think oh right we'd be like yeah I'm gonna make loads of money you don't you just think money doesn't you can't have money like money doesn't but you don't it's a bit like if you've got but you know like but I've got ACs in terms of relationships with men and it's what you want you desperately want to fill that hole you desperately want that happy family Mm. but you haven't been given the skills to get it and that is the that is the cruelest part of it is that you always have that hole and you want it so bad but Mm. you don't fucking know how to do it and it's the same with money I think yeah 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 so so, I mean that's a little bit of our backstory I suppose and you know and so it is and I think part of that I mean we were talking about being so you know the natural thing was I, I guess important for both of us as young women to be financially independent right so you know like yeah I didn't really study very hard at university blah 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 but like as soon I've always worked like I had a job from the age of 14 I worked in a cinema and I've always had a job terrible with money terrible with saving terrible with all that but I've always worked you know and as soon as I finished university I had a job and I was working Mm -hmm. and you know and I, I built up a good career um and as did you, you know, you were very yeah. financially independent. And um, I never had any money yeah. or assets because I didn't know about that at all. But I def, but I had enough money. Yeah, yeah, it's like I had, yeah, yeah. I had no money sense. Yeah, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and then, and then we became mums, and yeah, you know, and we put that those careers. Well, you know, mine not straight away, you know, until I had a burnout and then, you know, and then I became a stay stay at home mom and that didn't work either because I was very depressed and, and bored. And so it's like, you know, these are conversations that women have all the time of like, mm-hmm. where does work, where does, you know, my financial independence happen? Where do where do I feel good about money? Can I have money? Am I allowed to? Like, what does all yeah. this, all this mean? And, and we're still stuck being mm. financially dependent on our husbands because we are mothers, you know, yeah. <laughs> and someone's got to look after the kids and that's fair enough. And it's valid. And, you know, I, I just say like, you know, some of my friends are stay at home mums and they act absolutely love it and it rocks their world that's wicked like there's no right or wrong or you should have to work blah 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 blah. like this is just about me like for me to feel mentally well like 
I need the stimulation of a job. Yeah. <clears throat> but now we're in lockdown, you know, and looking after the kids, it feels like everything. Well, yeah, it's just... <laughs> don't get me started. It was that thing about... <laughs> I have to say, my husband's going to kill me for this, right? And there is a bit of a kind of a backstory to this. Like, he is amazing at fixing things, right? But I'm always like, you're so tight. It's like, why haven't we got a new So We've had that sofa for kind of... Like, we had a mattress for like 20 years or something. And he was like, well, my granddad never had a, whole, a mattress for his whole life. And I was like, you have to change it every eight years, Right, it's a thing, right, for hygiene and whatever. So I finally got, I think our bed actually did break and we finally got a new one, right? And then this, so the toilet, he's got this thing about toilet seats. So our toilet seat upstairs, I know that most people, like if the toilet seat breaks, they just go out and buy a new one. My husband doesn't. He kind of unscrews it all and fixes it and puts it back together and gets a new washer and all the rest of it. And so yesterday, because he's basically taken over the office, he's he's in in here. I'm in here today because he's got a day off. But he's in. He's basically locked in from nine till six, you know, on work calls, on meetings, and everything. But I'm like, you know, I'm working too. I'm doing the homeschooling. I'm running the home. I'm coaching. I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing sober sessions. We're running. We're beta launching a course. And he said to me, well, the toilet broke yesterday. And he went, well, maybe you could do it this time because I'm working. <laughs> and I was like, right, it's a good job that office door is going to be closed because I would literally come in with a fork and stab you for that comment. <laughs> yeah. And it, I carried it with me all day. We've had a chat this morning about it. And he was like, yeah, you know, like on a good, you know, he, I think the backstory to it is the fact that he's had to undo those washers and clean around them yeah. about five times. And he was, and I was like, I know you're super delighted at the fact that I might have to do it. I get it, but I'm working, right? I'm working just because this is, none of this is paid. This is still our life and I'm working and I'm working and I've not sat down all day. And I thought, fucking hell, that sounds like a Victorian maid talking, you know, yeah. I'm like, where's the help? I am the help. You know, I've never had any help, but it's just like, uh, you know, that, and I, and, and I sat there and I felt, but what, what's the other, again, the darker side of this as well. Like, so 100% really lucky that we've got his income. And I'm thankful for that because last year it was a different situation, as you know, and yeah. it got really scary for a bit before he got his job. So yes, 100%. But I have been getting more and more and more down over the last couple of weeks. And I've been like, hang on a minute. I've been singing in the woods. I've been doing this. I've been hugging my children. I've been mindful. And it's like this. It What it is, is this, gen, is this daily erosion of the invisibility of my role and my, uh, you know, and my worth and my labor. Because mm. the kids, you know, it's that homeschool thing that we've, we've talked to death about, haven't we, really? Mm. But that still there is that I am still getting the you know the messages from school that you know it'd be good we get a little message from our teacher every week just going oh it'd be great and well done to Harry for doing all the my maths and the da 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 she bathed her guinea pigs and gave the dog a haircut <laughs> 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 but we you know wrote to Nan 
we did a Zoom call with the family. Yeah. She did a bit. She did a portrait of me, which is really disturbing. <laughs> um, but you know, so but and and but it's just this scarcity feeling which ties in and triggers all of the worth and it goes back to the money because basically if I was getting paid for it then I'd probably feel different yeah you know anyway bloody girl yeah I'm not saying anything new but I am saying that in the mo at the moment it will be generally and I know that we've got lovely William Porter as a friend of ours who is doing the trying to work and looking after the kids at home but it will be the women who are doing it. It will be the women whose work is somehow invisible and they're being exposed. Well, it's, to a, it's, a, it's, the care, it's the caregiver, it's a caregiver. isn't it? it so is. for some it is men, but the majority it is, it is women. And even, you know, if yeah. we could argue that even if it is the women that are going out, they would probably still be getting paid less than the men if they're the men were doing yeah. the same thing. So yeah, um, I guess the reason why we were, we wanted to talk about this is because it obviously has a huge impact on your mental well-being your kind of relationship with money and I know that you know this was a huge part of my downfall as it were into sort of problematic drinking was because I was overwhelmed to Mm. the max um, trying to make it work without sufficient support Uh, and second it's trying to get that sweet spot you know which is incredibly difficult because you know second to that like I was in a you know I was making good money I was in a really good career you know etc etc and like I I burnt out and you know and I was drinking too much and etc etc and then Mm. I became a stay-at-home mum and I had no purpose like I had no purpose in my life like I I was so Mm. bored and that's just that's that's no reflection on my kids I you know I am mama bear but Mm. like I needed more stimulation in my life so and then I was I had a drinking problem so it was like I was damned if I I do and damned if I do Yeah. Were you isolated at that point? Oh, yeah. Because I think that's the other thing. It's like what we're looking at in terms of what you said about the support being key, because, you know, and this is where we, you know, you go goes into sort of mother pucker territory and like flex appeal and flexible working for parents. And the fact that we still have a culture and a society that is not family friendly. Yeah. It's built to have unpaid labor in it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's built to have the proletariat. Yeah. getting fucked you know isn't it and that is the caregiver or you you know or you've or you've got to pay you know we pay for child care and it is so it's so tough for people yeah. and you know and this is another reason why I suppose it's kind of come up now because it seems like very stark you know it's like okay this is thrown into profile at the moment and people may be asking questions about bigger questions about how carers are treated you know we're talking about the nhs workers and other heroes probably some of the lowest paid people yeah and that the whole way that we place value in society and i guess that's the hope that some part of this at the moment will make us rethink rethink it all right yeah <laughs> like this is no way to kind of this is no way to kind of 
live. And that, that sort of brings us on to this, you know, we were we saying that the Institute of Happiness in Copenhagen um, have released a new document about how to measure sort of society's wealth but not about gdp and it's um about you know the wellness index kind of thing um and i know a few a few countries are looking at at that and it went back to the idea of um obviously low income has massive effect on people's happiness well-being mental health mortality rates you know life expectancy so low income really does impact but across the board and they've just released this and I know there was a study done in the states a a good three four years ago that the science of happiness uh, uh, Barclay and Harvard published that that after about 70 grand it levels out Hmm. and you don't get you know and now they're doing meta-analysis they're trying to track people measuring their their happiness on apps they're doing it in lab testing they're collecting a lot of data you know and looking at this it's a social science right like in a way the psychology or sociology or economics is It's, it's it's important and um and yeah once you get to that about a 70 grand your happiness does not increase. They have found that. So there's massive empirical data to to say, look, we need to level out the incomes. We need to price and value things differently and support and you know the and and the the wealth gap really needs to stop widening and start lessening yeah. for so many reasons. You know? Yeah, and in terms of the impact on health, like, you know, cancers, yeah. uh, addictions, all these things, you know, they are um prevalent intrinsically linked. yeah um to to this question and so i guess that's yeah. like a a uh, what's the word um a nice link that was not the but um to what a we a good segue yeah there we go to what we <laughs> we uh our mission i guess and our vision for love sober these are these like sort of scary things where you just I don't want to talk about it because like even the word entrepreneur or business makes Mm. me feel a bit ick because it's like oh my god like oh it's making money but it's like okay Mm. I'm getting over these things empowered woman empowered woman but anyway so we decided to set up um love sober as a community interest company and that's been our kind of dream from the beginning um so I mean, they they're either called community interest projects or social enterprises, enterprises right? Enterprises, yeah. So the idea basically is this, yeah, this this well, looking for funding. Like now we can look for funding. Now we can try and because our the issue for us is that that thing of like you know I want to be able to not burn out. Like at the moment we work for free, right? Apart from our one to one coaching. So, you know, everything else we do, community, everything else is is free or we pay for it. We get a few amount of donations, which we absolutely value because that pays for a bit of the tech for the podcast. Other than that, we basically work for free and rely upon our husbands. Um, That's not where we want to be as empowered (laughs) women. It's not exactly like feeling like it's walking the walk of kind of financial recovery (laughs) and empowerment, is it? So, so it's not yeah. it's not a sustainable model to work for yeah. free. Like we're going to burn out. We'll have to go and get jobs. Um, 
you know and 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 also the kind of covid situation at the moment my 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 our job our husband's jobs whatever the situation is 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 not is not stable in that way but the the flip side of that is like well okay if we're going to make sure that we're okay how can we price things for it to be available to the women that actually really need it you know and our target and the thing that we've always talked about is mums and about you know the women that are at home listening whether they're stay-at-home yeah. mums or whether they're working mums, you know, struggling to sort of do all this. And they've fallen in the habit, like we did, of comforting this stress with alcohol, with wine. Um, so, yeah, it's really exciting because, I mean, obviously we're not there yet. We need to sort of now take up another, put some big girl pants on, start learning about business, learning about you know, yeah. getting funding, learning about who we talk to, all these things. Um, but yeah, it's, I suppose that's the mission to be able to have some backing so we can kind yeah. of keep our prices affordable or to tier prices, you know, like there's been times mm. in my life where I can pay that amount of money and there's times in life when I have to pay that amount of money. So it's like I do think there yeah. is something in that in being like ethical consumers that it's like if you know it's like okay I'll pay this but that's going to enable someone else that can't pay to be able to do that then I think you know I think there's something in that anyway so we just want yeah yeah Yeah. it is it's really it's really exciting and I and I feel like you know it goes back to like we were saying like that core message for us is being sober is about that kind of self-care, self-love, self-empowerment, you know, and, and then you end up at this beautiful place where you're like, I want to be a self-leader. And, but I need, but money is part of that. Mm. You just, without money, there is no mission. And I am really working hard like you are <laughs> to, to really change my mindset and to, to not feel grubby and guilty because the other the other messages out there there's a cultural story as well there's a gender story there's a personal story there's a whole like uh you know recovery should be free story um which means that if you work in that field you you know we've spoken to you know well we're like on the thing with Annie Grace and and people you know like there is that thing that people have that opinion you know but that goes back into caring like definitely there should be free services 100 but if you're a worker if you're trained if you're specialized you know we've spent thousands on on a credit card <laughs> <laughs> learning and i almost feel like i had to say that because it's no we didn't have thousands in the bank right you know even though that's apology 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 yeah. to to train to train as a coach yeah. To then go, please, can you just pay the mortgage for a bit longer because we've we've got a book, but we won't be that nothing. We won't earn from that until it comes out, and you know, and you know, I feel like I go with my cap, doffing my cap all the time, like you know, and feeling so grubby about it, and I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to show my daughter this. I don't want it to be well. Dad brings the money into the house, you know, because it's like you know, and yada 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 yada. All of those messages just feel like. But they're, 
a sword in my side at the moment like Mm. you know like I'm tight it's time it's time to do something about it and you know and I think there is that thing about that choice and whatever choice women make it's like there's enough voices out there going well you made that choice yeah you don't know it's always like it always comes at a cost well you chose not to go back to work in London even though you were living in Brighton and you you know we had two two of us working in London and one time our daughter fell over and neither of us could get back because they weren't in trains and it's like we can't we can't do that oh well you could go and live in the arse end of nowhere near your parents to have that support or you could you know and it's like oh god like yeah. whatever choice you make you've got people telling you off and tisk tisking at you because you dared to make a choice do you know what and this this leads into a much bigger kind of conversation I've been having with people we had this conversation about something that came up on a sober forum about someone sort of saying mm. that alcohol is not bad for your mental health. It's the misuse of alcohol. And it's like, oh, here we go again, this kind of conversation about, you know, why are we, why are we blaming the person and not the circumstances yeah. and the substance? And yet again, you know, I was having a conversation about mental health. And when you label someone as being, you know, having a disordered personality it's like putting all of it on them like why are you not talking about the trauma the like you know the the impact of of their childhood you know the the fact that they were poor like why you know race why are we not talking about what everyone else is doing rather than putting all the blame on the person and it's exactly the same it's like well you made these choices as a mother it's like yeah. yeah yeah bullshit yeah cool bullshit it's, it is cool bullshit most certainly but um I mean I guess to sort of summarize this and why uh it's important is because people get into problems with substances because of kind of low self-esteem low self-worth stress I'm talking, you know, this for me, these are all the things, mm. mental health issues. Um, mm. And so if you're yeah. not ment- in a, if you're not mentally well, you're vulnerable. And part of that is feeling good about money. And that could be like, as I said, like, you know, my best mate and I, I envy her, you know, because I mean, I don't, of course I don't, but you know, she, neither of her and her husband have a lot of money Uh, it's not about that you know she absolutely loves being a mum she does a couple of cleaning jobs when the kids are at school and then she picks them up with glee at four o'clock and she's doing the crafts and she's making stuff and she's building stuff and she apps like that is her happy spot that's her sweet spot and it's amazing you know and she doesn't have any kind of her purpose 100% her true north everything is is a simple life with her kids and her husband that's all you know but Mm. my true north like me as a human being that's we're not the same like I need more like I need more stimulation I need goals I need purpose I need to feel like I've you know had an impact in the world essentially I suppose Mm. (laughs) um 
And so yeah. there needs to be space for all those people, uterus, you know. If you've got a uterus and that you're a mother doesn't mean that you, you shouldn't be an activist and you should be punished for it. Yeah. You know, or expect to do it for free just because you're a mum and just because you're a woman and just because you have periods, you know. Yeah. It's the same for me. It's like I, I've always been an evangelist, like I, I am, I, and I can't help that, mm. you know. And, and and it's about, I would just go back into that sort of having the choice, but the support as well, and I just think that support and that value uh, is so, so key, mm. you know. And I think the other thing that was, was really coming up, one of the reasons why we were, were kind of thinking about this is the um, – it is both of us sort of felt vulnerable and were thinking, well, you know, if anything happened, well, thank God, you know, thank God I'm married to a decent man. Yeah. Who, because the, that whole thing about being so vulnerable and, and and women in lockdown and the domestic situations and really when it comes down to it, having power. Mm. And it's like, <sighs> that's what happens in times of crisis, isn't it? Mm. it it's like those needs, those you you need to feel safe and interestingly those cracks appeared and it's like well financially we need to feel safe you know and it's such a big thing for people yeah so it's better out to kind of let's get this you know that's kind of why we want to talk about it isn't it as well and just go uh, we both feel icky we're both working through it I know I'm like biting my nails here like (laughs) (laughs) rocking slightly yeah yeah I know that I'm just going to eat some sugar and pick my feet for the rest of the day because I've talked to my mum. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, but, you know, it's like, get the law, yeah. yeah let me and that that um you know we were going to end weren't we on talking about some sort of happiness tips like linked to that yeah. kind of study that came out that said let's walk the, the hope in this for me, is that this period is going to force us to change Mm. and to value things differently in a way that I've ranted about since I was marching as a, 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 you know, a hopeful teenager going on all my demos that I did when I was a student or hunt sabbing or kind of fighting for, you know, fighting fighting the good fight. I really, really genuinely hope this, this forces us in, into just valuing things that are, I think are important. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, so I've been, you know, obviously an, another element of this is if you are, you know, sort of socially, ethically minded, you know, and I grew up in a very kind of, we've talked about this before, like a very left-wing household, and I have very strong values about, you know redistribution of wealth and and looking after people and looking after the poor and and so I have had a, a very big kind of um, blockage about having money in that sense in the sense of like money is evil money is bad money like hurts people like money is you know is 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 icky and uh, etc you know and I'm so I am I'm trying to I don't want my kids to grow up with this idea because at the end of the day you know if I am financially abundant I can give my money away and that's what I just keep telling myself it's like I can't do anything if I am poor like if I am financially poor like in 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 terms of or financially dependent on someone else and yeah you know and if I am this is what I keep saying so I'm 
telling myself these mantras in my head, like money is power and money is choice and money is Mm. if I'm financially abundant I can give my money away and that's like the only Mm. way I can work through what what's going on in my head right now because this stuff is hard (laughs) like really hard yeah yeah and and I think it's like I think again I think it was Amanda Grace who said you know with when it goes back to Amanda Grace or Annie Grace Sorry, Annie Grace, yeah. talking about... Sorry, Amanda, sorry, Annie. Um, <laughs> They're both awesome, talking about, so, you know. Yeah, like, amazing. Um, it was like, well, you know, about charging for working in the sober sphere. Yeah. And, and Annie was like, <sighs> you know, it's like McDonald's, for example. Char- yeah, everyone charges for everything. You have to charge, you have to live, Right money has to come from somewhere and if like mcdonald's you just essentially are like charge people for giving them a heart attack and i'm actually trying to do something good here mm. <laughs> so why are we feeling so bad why are we feeling so guilty <laughs> and it's so true and i love that i was like yeah hang on a minute yeah so yeah so but the things we were going to go back to the science of happiness were, weren't we and mental health and so part of that the, the big work that some of those institutes of of happiness and thought leaders are doing um, at the moment is around that GDP or how do we measure wealth and they're doing amazing work mm. so there's the Institute of Happiness in Copenhagen there's the science of happiness that operates out of Berkeley and Harvard um, and there's you found a site called happify.com that, that, that yeah. is looking at the science. And it's a very sort of philanthropic. These are not just kind of going, oh, well, you can sit in your garden and you can think about pretty things. These are like these are social social activism in practice and scientists and thought leaders. Yeah. So it's it's very exciting but they do give us things that we can practically do yeah and interestingly like it's it's mental health awareness week i think it's the 18th to the 24th and their focus is kindness this year and that's Mm. kind of one of the pillars of the science of happiness is like little acts of kindness and i found this nice kind of um acronym which was from happy fi i think it is um and it's s-t-a-g-e-r so stager i don't really know what that represents but anyway so it's um s for saver so it's being mindful noticing good stuff so it's you know that gratitude practice of kind of of appreciating things and that is something that comes into wealth and i you know i do have an issue about being spoiled oh that's a whole other thing to you know deal with and you know in in such a materialistic world it's like come on guys let's get a grip about this sort of stuff but anyway so savoring being mindful noticing the good stuff um thank so appreciate others being you know little acts of kindness thanking people appreciating people uh, which has really come out with the whole kind kind of you know clapping for carers thing that's a beautiful side of things um aspire so purpose um optimism meaning um Mm. give so being generous giving back service work kindness etc um empathy so caring about others and being connected with the great good um and revive so looking after your physical and mental well-being eating well nourishing food mood moving your body and these are things that are like within the science that's what contributes to 
being a well and happy person. So, you know, savoring, being thankful, aspiring, giving, empathizing and reviving. Mm. And, you know, and that impacts on our health and how we live a better life in a better world. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's it's very similar to our balance model. Is, yeah. The body alignment love or or nurture nurture community or connection yeah enjoyment and enjoyment and drive yeah yeah mm-hmm. and um and so maybe we, we could link some information to that um yeah people you can go to the website lovesober.com and and find out a bit more about that um and what i was going to say the other thing that i remember coming up and i think this is very much for carers and for mums um when we did our workshop with Jolene Park and we were looking at her nourish model again and one of the things that she talks about is service Mm. and I remember a woman um saying she was a psychiatrist psychiatrist, wasn't she or psychologist anyway carry on she just was like I'm all you know I'm already you know it was just it really jarred with her and I think that does and I've noticed actually sometimes with with clients I always really want to tread softly around that particular thing because it's like if you you're already caring you're already doing a caring profession you're already a mum that's already done like and so many of us have that side that portion of the pie really over highly developed sort of thing and actually maybe we need to sort of like move that focus back into ourselves and really sort of nurture ourselves in in that way you know um but anyway so we we're um we're about coming to a close and um so I've, Mandy you've dropped out haven't you my darling so I might end I might end this on my own and say my reason to love sober today is being able to have these bigger chats and know it's kind of a safe space and the tip of the day would be just to yeah look at how to nurture yourself how to lower the kind of fear again um uh in these kind of uncertain times really um and to send up a flare if you feel scared or worried or triggered you know just send up a flare to one of the sober communities and um, if you're immediately concerned about your drinking obviously alcohol change has agencies of local support and um, yeah so we you can send us an email info at lovesober.com or join in the sober sessions that we're doing there on facebook um, we're doing that every saturday And just really look after yourselves as lockdown continues. And we'll see you next week for more chat.